0: everybody happy wednesday welcome to another episode of stick to football uh lucky number seven here and we're actually joined by somebody who wore number seven uh back in his heyday um my baby brother marshall who also moonlights as a fifth grade teacher a coach and a pretty big part of our nfl draft 400 crew something that you and i do connor every spring and so it's it's kind of getting the the group back together today to um well because it's summer now and we can but, dude, we also have Taylor LeWan on this week, and we get to talk to him about the rough game one for our Predators. Um, uh, we get to talk about throwing catfish and chugging beer, and uh, really we decided if we ever had a mascot for the show, it would be Taylor Lewan. So he's kind of, I think, the like most branded guest we could ever have on the podcast.
1: Yeah, he's going to be awesome. I mean, he loves hockey. He obviously loves beer, and he's just the man. And he's also a pretty damn good tackle, so it'll be pretty fun to have him on today.
0: It will and um before we get too deep into this, I wanna remind everyone and thank everyone who has already, but please like subscribe on iTunes. Um, you can rate us, you can review there, you follow the account at stick to football on Twitter, you can follow us on Facebook. Um we, we wanna like be interactive with you guys, which is something hopefully you've noticed, you know, with the draft on draft segment and you know, taking your guest suggestions and things like that. So we're only seven episodes in, but we really want you guys to be super involved in the, like the making and development of this podcast. So definitely hit us up there. I think we are like 25 reviews
1: away from Connor wearing a romper to work. Oh, so close, dude. It can't come fast enough. I'm so excited.
0: And I'm excited for what we're going to do today to start off the show. Um, and that's going to be our current NFL player draft. Uh, we, we got into this fierce debate, um, my friends and I about if you were building a, a team from, we were actually doing baseball more, I think, but it was like, if you were building a team for one year, not to start a brand new franchise with, but for one year from current NFL players, who would you pick? Um, and I think we're, we're just going to go down the line at each position. Um, you know, quarterback, running back, we're we're gonna do offensive line. Um, kind of almost like a fantasy football type draft here today. Um, and we're going to our guest, um, Mr. Mello, have the first pick in this draft and I think I have a pretty
2: good idea where he's going with us. Yeah, I mean if I have the first pick, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't know what you guys think, but it's got to be Brady, right?
1: See, I'm I know this is going to come off as like jaded, you know, like Jets fan, but in this draft, if it's like franchise building, I wouldn't take him because he's going to be 40 years old this year. Right, but for one season... Yes, for one season... Got to find a quarterback. I, listen, take Brady, because that means right now I get to take Aaron Rodgers. So, I I'm a, I'm, I love that. But I, I get the argument to both sides of it, but I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers.
0: Well, thank you both for... I mean, those were the obvious choices, right? I mean, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So, now you put me in a position, do I go super young? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> or here's i'll tell you what though i'm actually gonna go andrew luck because i'm such a believer in his ability and i've always felt like he has been hurt by the lack of talent around him and i trust myself to be a better general manager than ryan Grigson so (laughs) i'm gonna take andrew luck and we're doing the snake style um so i get to go running back and this was this is actually very hard and i think a lot of people would say ezekiel elliott I think a lot of people would say Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to go David Johnson because Le'Veon Bell has been suspended. I worry about that, especially if we're going for one year. And Ezekiel it, uh, is had some troubles off the field that I'm a little bit worried about. So I'm going to go David Johnson, who, uh, great, great receiver, great runner, has power, can help me in all three phases of the game.
1: Oh, man, that's tough. I- yeah, it leaves me in a tough spot. So just to you know, kind of remind, like remind everyone here, we are going by position. So you know, we didn't pass on taking the best pass rusher. didn't pass on taking the best wide receiver. We're going to do it by running back. I- I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell. Now you nailed it, Matt. There's some you know some scary things. That can, you know, can he stay on the field? But in terms of just pure talent and three down, a th- true three down back, I can't pass on him.
2: I like those picks. You guys both go with guys that can catch the ball. Um. Both your quarterbacks are going to be sitting at home. My mind's winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> but for running backs, I'm kind of torn. I got two young guys that I want to take. I like Elliott a lot. I also like Fournette, though. So I'm kind of in between here. But I think I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to take Zeke. I know what he can do in the NFL. Catches the ball well. So that's Zeke's my pick. And you're back up for receiver. So you've got the arguably the best pass
0: catching running back in the NFL. And now you get to add your pass catcher for uh, your GOAT at quarterback.
2: Yeah, again, AJ Green is my favorite receiver in the NFL, but I can't not take Julio Jones right here. Yep. Guy's too good, especially after what he did. I mean,
0: last year, you see him with a competent offensive coordinator. Uh, now they have more of a run game. So you've got Tom Brady, Ezekiel Elliott, and Julio Jones uh, to start your team with here. So, Connor, um, are you going to stay in Pittsburgh and go with A.B., or are you going to you, stay on your island there and take one of the, the Giants?
1: I'm going a little younger. I'm Yeah, I'm going with Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, I know he's got his – it never ends with him with the stuff off-field, whether it's warranted or not. I think some of it's ridiculous. But when you look at him on the football field, the way he changes – what a defense has to do and what an offense can do. He's just such a special talent.
0: Yeah. And you, um, you have the red flag team going here, dude. So good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. They're all going to be <laughs> off the field. Should have taken JMS at quarterback. You could have rounded this out. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go Antonio Brown. He's not the youngest guy. And I know receivers tend to top out in their early thirties, but if we need one year, uh, I can have Andrew Luck throwing quick slash to Antonio Brown all day. So uh, I like that option um, at tight end I think every one of us, when you made your your you know fantasy big board here, hopefully we all put Rob Gronkowski as the number one tight end, and that's who I'm gonna go with. Um, but not just because of I love Gronk on the field and off the field. Honestly, I guess if we were gonna have a mascot for this podcast, it would probably be Gronkowski. But um, it, I, yeah, I have size now with Antonio Brown being a smaller receiver. I want a big tight end.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm loving that it played out like this because my team is the all-personality team. I'm taking Travis Kelsey. Uh, Listen, our locker room is going to be a bit of a shit show, but, man, it's the all-personality team right here, and I love what Travis Kelsey could do.
2: I I don't know about that, Connor. I don't know if those guys gel in your locker room.
1: They they definitely won't, but it'll be a blast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take some more
2: team-friendly guys. I'm going Greg Olson, veteran guy. I can't believe that he's still there with me, but I'll take Greg Olson any day. Uh, now we're going to go defense. Uh, we're going to go D-line,
0: edge rushers, linebackers, corners, and safeties. So um, just picking five players on the defense here. And, and Melo gets to grab a defensive lineman first. And I'm assuming
2: he's going to take J.J. Watt? I think you have to as oh. far as D-line can go. <laughs> he's the best one out there.
1: I'm so glad he's gone. And I, I was taking Aaron Donald no matter what man I, I had him number 2 he, yeah they're, they are I mean they both just changed the game and right now it'd be interesting to see how Watt comes back this year you know nobody ever used to have a bad back that's all I'll say with him so it'll be really it's you know an uphill battle but I wouldn't put it past him do
0: you want to talk about why you don't like JJ Watt do you want to get into that argument
1: i mean there's a million reasons but just uh, everything about his personality dude just watch hard knocks oh my god you're just singing the fort minor and every time the cameras come on it's like I'll leave it at that. I won't make this a J.J. Watt hate fest right now, but I'm definitely the president of the fan club.
0: I'm so pro-J.J. Watt, and I think we had this, a mm-hmm. bunch of us had this talk when I was up there for draft week, and it was about, a lot of people don't like J.J. Watt because he's fake, or they, they perceive him to be fake. I like J.J. Watt because in a day and age where so much attention gets put on domestic violence and drug abuse and uh, you know alcoholism with players, if you have a guy who's Great with kids, very helpful with charities and foundations. So that's probably why I like J.J. Watt so much, even though he is super corny. Um, But I I am a big fan. So I'm going to make a Connor move here and pick a member of the New York Jets as my defensive lineman. I'm going to take Leonard Williams because you guys took Watt and Aaron Donald, which I think are the two logical choices. Uh, Leonard Williams probably has not gotten the credit he deserves because he's been on some bad teams. But the athleticism, the versatility up front, um, what he brings is a, a potential leader on defense. Uh, that was a, a no-brainer pick for me. This also works out perfectly because now I get to turn around and grab Khalil Mack.
1: Oh, man.
0: man. And yeah, I know, every, oh, I have a sigh of uh, a, you know, upset from everyone in the room here. But Khalil Mack, a, amazing impact player, whether he's just a defensive end or a stand-up outside linebacker. So, it, and in my opinion, one of the best, football players in the NFL regardless of position.
1: Yeah, the reason I loved Max so much in that spot is because just what you get from him on every single down. I mean, look what he – he single-handedly kind of changed the Raiders' defense and changes their front seven. But I'll take Von Miller as a consolation prize just because, listen, I mean, if you need someone to get after the quarterback, I don't think you're taking anyone over him in this entire league.
2: Yeah, I think you guys got the two two premier pass rushers there. So I'm going to go with another big, crazy white guy, and I'm going to take Joey Bosa.
1: <laughs> So no Justin Houston. No just it no, he's getting old. Yeah. Can he play sixteen games for you? Yeah, but you're going for it. You took Brady. You're going for it. Although Brady said he's gonna play till he's like forty six, so And he probably will. Probably will.
0: Yeah. The one that surprises me is no Jadivian Clowney, but I guess probably need to see it a little bit more. Um but God, Joey Bosa came out with what, twelve sacks last year or ten yeah. sacks in like twelve games. So understandably, and now you get to lead it off with the the captain of your
2: defense, your middle linebacker spot. Yeah, going with a little bit of a theme here that I didn't realize, but we go Luke Keekly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't you can't pass up Luke Keekly. He's the best linebacker in the league, does it all. His coverage ability,
1: I'm going Keekly. Oh, man, that kind of puts me in a tough spot. But I- I'll take a guy that I think is going to fully – I don't want to say bounce back, because I don't think he was bad, but I just think he could do so many different things, and I think in the Browns defense, I think Jamie Collins is going to be... He, listen, he's, it's hard to say in the Browns defense, because it's like, ugh. But he could just do so many different things, and they're getting more talented. He actually has players in front of him now, so... Oh, of course, Miller with... This pick doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I was
0: I, I was going to pick Jamie Collins. I honestly was. My board was Keekly, Jamie Collins, but I'm going to play the homer card this week, and I'm going to take Ruben Foster because, listen, I called the kid the closest thing I've ever seen to Patrick Willis. Stick by it, yeah. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to take Ruben Foster. I Listen, as long as the shoulder's okay, we're, we're gearing up for a run here. I love his plug-and-play ability. What I love most, though, is I get to pick corner first. And I know there was a – in the Miller house, we probably both wanted the same guy. I'm taking Marcus Peters. I think he's the best corner in the NFL. I love his ball skills. I love how physical he plays. Um, And and he's someone who, you know, when he was coming out of Washington, I loved the kid. He fell to the Chiefs. So, you know, we kind of got that local thing going here, too. But Marcus Peters is my guy. Uh, I would have picked him over every one of my defense but Khalil Mack if we were doing it that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want a physical press corner, uh, Marcus Peters is the guy. Uh, I'm taking Patrick Peterson. It's crazy. It feels like he's been around forever, and he's only 26. He's going to be turning 27 in July. So you get a true number one. There's only a handful of number real number one corners in the league, and I think PP is definitely one of them.
2: I think you guys just took the two best corners in the league. Um, I'm going to call out Matt for being a cheater, though. We went to lunch before this, I told him I was Peter. <laughs> And he set up the draft order. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, you can go first. I think he just knew what he was doing. Uh, so with that being said, I guess I'm going to go with Trufant. Um
1: I like that pick.
2: I really wanted Peterson, and I really wanted Peters.
1: So no Richard Sherman from us. I hate
2: Richard Sherman. I, I don't
1: want a guy like that on my team. <laughs> he's definitely vocal.
0: With Truefon, you kind of get a poor man's Marcus Peters. Like, obviously he doesn't have the hands, but he's so sticky in coverage. Uh, I'll tell you, the third guy on my list was going to be uh, Malcolm Butler because I actually thought that I had no way to get Marcus Peters here until I apparently rigged the draft order. Right. But uh, Malcolm Butler would have been a phoner for me. And uh, But now you get to pick safety, um,
2: which is uh, a position you coach now. So I, I know you love safeties. Who's your guy? Yeah, when healthy, Earl Thomas. He's one of the best safeties I've seen, probably the best since Ed Reed that I can think of. So I'm taking it, I'm taking Earl Thomas.
1: Yeah, it's hard to argue. I don't see how anyone can argue against Earl Thomas because of what he does. for How many guys are true free safeties with his range and just everything he brings to the table? Uh, I'm taking Harrison Smith. I mean, I think if you need an under-the-radar top-five safety, it kind of seems to be him.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good pick. Um, great tackler, great leader, uh, versatile safety. I cannot believe that my defense consists of Khalil Mack, Ruben Foster, Marcus Peters, and Tyrone Matthew, but it does now. Uh, he's my pick at safety. Um, you know, Mello mentioned Earl Thomas is one of the the few guys you know with that kind of range. I think Tyron, when healthy, it is the other, and the versatility to play corner. Um, he's a hell of a punt returner too, if you need him in a pinch. So, um, I am a huge fan of his. Um, you know, kind of his demeanor, the way he plays the game. And also versatility on the back end. So, and another dude who probably needs to bounce back a little bit this coming year, we'll see what he does without Tony
2: Jefferson back there. But I, I'm a huge fan of his, he's going to have Buddha Baker play next to him though.
1: That's true. It's going to be really interesting watching them work together. It's so rare to have two guys, uh, you know, on the back end of your defense that are probably what five nine, five ten, one ninety, 5'10, 190, but are so talented and just their instincts are off the charts. that It doesn't really matter. So it's kind of awesome. But, um, Alright, I mean, that wraps it up. That was pretty awesome. I mean, a couple surprises, but nothing too crazy. It's it's obvious who the top talent in the NFL is right now.
0: Yeah, and you know, we had talked about doing this all time. There are too many all-time great players to, in 15 minutes, uh, pick one for every team. Um, but I, I think there are a lot of guys on here that, you know, obviously I think we all feel like Brady's the greatest player of all time, or greatest quarterback of all time, at least. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't too far behind that in terms of talent. So there's a lot of generational talent that's out on the field right now that, you know, maybe I think sometimes it's like in the NBA, you know, we all get caught up in the, you know, is LeBron better than Jordan or Kobe debate instead of just realizing how great guys are at the time. So this was a lot of fun. Um, and we want you guys to give us your team. So if you do go and rate and review us on iTunes, you can leave uh, your, you know, teams in there. You've got quarterback running back wide receiver, tight end D line, edge linebacker corner safety, or you can tweet them to us at stick to football. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with our guy and huge Nashville Predators fan. I think he's also left tackle for the Titans, Taylor Lewan. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Stick to Football. And we have our awesome guest of the week, Taylor Lewan, the left tackle for the Tennessee Titans. Also, the catfish thrower extraordinaire for the Nashville Predators. Dude, we're going to talk about football, but I have to ask. How do you sneak a catfish into a game? Like, how do you get that thing in the Bridgestone Arena? Is it, it's like, under your jersey, in your pants? Where is it?
3: I feel like it's a lot easier to sneak catfish into Bridgestone when you're a Predators fan as opposed to last night when the guy got charges thrown at him for throwing a catfish onto the ice. I can't believe uh, that. It's yeah. pretty easy, man. They, uh, I walked in through where the players parked because they had us going to wave the towels the first time, and I brought a cooler, and the security guys were like, hey, man, what kind of beer y'all got in there? I was like, no, nah, it's not beer, it's a catfish. And the guy's like, all right. And that was literally it. Like, didn't even put it through a, a stand in second or anything. Like, literally could have brought whatever I wanted. And, and he just bought it. He said, yeah, it's a catfish, whatever. So it went well the first time. The second time, the guy's like, hey, you got another catfish in there? And I was like, no, we got five catfish. Because, like, we have to – I mean, they keep wanting us back, so we need to keep overdoing it, you know? Just keep <laughs> going a little out of control more. It's been awesome.
2: That is amazing.
3: So where did the
2: catfish come from? Did you catch these yourself, or are these? where did you get them from?
3: Uh, I'd be a but that I caught myself. I'm, I, uh, I've, I've never caught a catfish, catfish before, before, but thank you know, God like Ben Jones, he's from, from, from Alabama, and he knows how to hold a catfish. So I got our catfish from the guys that do, uh, do the food at the facility, like the guys in the kitchen. They're like, they're like special noodlers and stuff like that, because they brought a catfish to me. And they basically told me, hey, we can get you a catfish. And brought it over and Ben showed me how to hold it the first time. From then on, it's been, it's been pretty easy.
2: Nice. I love it. Uh, the next thing that I noticed from your hockey-going experience is uh, the beer chugging. First, I noticed you got a nice Bud <laughs> Light, it looks like. But how fast did you chug that beer?
3: Uh, I think that beer went down pretty fast. It was good. Not my best ever, but still still pretty pretty solid in the speed department.
2: Okay. So what are you thinking for personal record? beer chugging how fast
3: i don't know i've never like timed myself um but i will tell you i've never lost i've oh, never no. lost a beer chugging <laughs> my entire life i don't <laughs> i don't think it's even been close to be totally honest. but my, oh, my dad God. like he's like, seen like, me so chug a beer before my dad's like, like you know it's not that surprising because when i I guess when i was like five i was like slamming waters like, like <laughs> that's how i grew. flew and so like that's just how I've been man just been just slamming waters and then i got older and it became beers and so it's It's been cool, but uh, that's been, like, something
1: I've been able to do my whole life. So, Taylor, this week we saw Bryce Harper uh, celebrate Memorial Day by not only getting plunked, but uh, charging the mound and eating a punch right in the face. You know, you're a pretty big dude. I don't think you need much of a plan, but what would be your plan when charging the mound? Because Bryce went for the fake helmet toss, didn't kick the catcher.
3: I don't think uh – I don't think he went for a fake helmet. Up. I think he threw the helmet, right? And he missed. I, 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 uh, just, Harper, I just watched practice today, and I was like, what is going on? If uh, I was charging a mound, I think I've seen it before. But I think I would like kind of back kick the catcher because he's kind of the first yeah, one to come out so And then as I was charging the mound, i checked check that first baseman because that's usually the guy that gets you clean and you don't see him coming. You know what I'm saying? If he's aware, he might sneak it. So, I think as soon as the, I didn't see the first baseman, I think the first thing I do is, you know, a double leg dropkick. I think that's, like, that's the first approach to any time you charge amount. mount. But, um, I mean, I'm all for it, man. If someone throws a, throws a ball at you, that's a weapon, you know? And you have every right to charge amount mount after
0: that. So, do you have the right, because we talked about this, do you have the right to go with a bat then? Or because weapon on weapon? Or do you just, is it all fists? Like, I don't know what the proper think, protocol think, is.
3: I think if you try, if you charge the mound, you, you need to leave the, the bat behind because then, then, then things get into like you know attempted murder kind of stuff, and that's just that, that's where it gets a little over all of our heads. You know what I'm saying? I think you need to keep it simple. And if you have an issue with somebody or they throw the ball at you, and that's your way of thinking, I need to, I need to take care of this. Then honestly, that's, that you should go do it.
0: So in a football fight, though, like helmets stay on. Like, have you ever have you punched a helmet before? Because that. I did that once in high school. That's not fun.
3: You know, I never fought during a game, obviously, because that's, that's how you get in a bunch of trouble. But practice, things get heated sometimes, and guys go at it. Um, helmets usually do stay on, which is the weird thing. But, I mean, when you have all those pads, especially when it gets into the camp and it's hot, and guys kind of get in a scrum every once in a while, the only thing that really exposes your neck. Like That's the only thing you can really focus on is trying to hit the neck or um, – I mean, if you try to punch it, how much is dumb? Like, you're just going to hurt yourself. And it's just, it's a little bit ridiculous. But, I mean, fighting, I mean, sometimes guys get into it and it is what it is. And then after that, that's the best thing about sports. Is usually when guys get into it, especially on your own team, it's kind of after that.
0: Exactly. Um, I, we didn't plan on talking to you about fighting all, all show, but uh, that's, that's sometimes <laughs> how things go like, here.
3: Keep it coming, man.
0: Yeah. So, keep it coming. for spring break, a couple of us went to Nashville. And like, I love the town. It's one of my favorite places I've ever been. And we hung out on lower Broadway and we like went to merchants for dinner and drank and ate and then just spilled out of that place. And everywhere we went that week, it was Predators fans, man. It was, they were all over the place and it was just kind of crazy to see like Nashville has become such a sports town. So what has your experience been? Like you've been there a little bit longer, like how has Nashville embraced the Titans, the Predators and, you know, really kind of becoming more of a sports town now?
3: Um, you know what, I really didn't feel that kind of, <clears throat> I don't want to say support, because it's not the right thing, because there are very strong Titans fans that are out there, but it wasn't as frequent as it kind of is now, because, I mean, last, my first year, we went 3-13, and I then the next year, we went 2-14, and or vice versa, 1-2, regardless, also won five games my first two years in the NFL, and that's, that's never good. So it was tough, it's, it's tough for anybody to kind of get behind that, and as a fan, and I mean, as like I'm going through my my career, I'm watching the Preds and I'm seeing them like kind of they make the playoffs. Then for the first time, they make it the second round, and now they're in the finals. And it's it kind of shows you like what this town is capable of. Like this town is waiting to rally around something, and they as soon as the Predators took off, they've just 100%. The, I don't know if you guys have been to a Predators game before, but I've I've season tickets, and me, me, me and my wife have been lucky enough to go to a few games, and it's the environment's unbelievable. So when it comes to football, I mean, no one's ever said, "Oh, the South." Yeah, definitely, that's a big hockey area, you know. And like these people are just totally crushing it in the hockey department. I can't imagine, you know, after the year we had nine and seven, which is, oh, you know, winning season. In the NFL is always great, but having the opportunity to go to the playoffs and, you know, having enough talent to go as far as we want to go, I mean, that's that's a lot to get behind. And I think uh, I think Nashville's really bought it. I mean, they've really bought into not only what the Preds are doing, but what we're serving up this year, if everything kind of goes the way we expect it to go.
1: Yeah, Taylor, so after seeing that with the Predators, and obviously there's a lot of excitement around the Titans too. I mean, you draft Corey Davis number five overall, so you get another weapon from Mariota, so you don't have to catch the touchdowns from them anymore, <laughs> yeah. but you obviously have a lot of young talent, and you know, coming off a nine-win season and everything, do you go into the season as your team evolves and has so much young talent with Listen, a playoffs or bust mentality, or do you just kind of take it day by day?
3: Uh, I think it doesn't matter how old or how young your team is. And winning is winning, and everybody everybody plays the sport to win. And if you don't, then I don't know what you're doing playing the sport. So I I fully expect the mentality to go to the Super Bowl. That, that's what that's what the mentality needs to be. You know, a lot of times people don't people. Make a goal for themselves and it's not high enough. And they hit that goal and they wonder why they were never great. You know, and the same thing goes for for teams. If you if you shoot to just make the playoffs and you're losing the first round, they oh great we we accomplished our goal, but I mean what's after that? You know, you always you want to strive to be the best at everything. I, I want to be the best left tackle in the NFL. I, I want this team to go to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. That's that's where you need to start. You can't you can't just say well we'll make it here and we'll focus on that. It's like you need to look big picture. Immediately, like, so what's our end goal? Okay, the Super Bowl's our end goal. Not to get one game at a time. First game's the Raiders, then so on and so forth. Until you look and you're in late January and, and you plan playing in early February. Now, Taylor, you guys,
2: you're building your team. You're kind of going back to the basics here. You've got two big running backs. You guys got your offensive line. I have a theory that smash-mouth football, before long, it's going to be back in the NFL. People are going with these big backs, and they're going to attack those nickel defenses, uh, is that something that you see coming back with the smash Smashmouth mouth offense?
3: Yeah, that's that's something that's really worked for us, I think, this last year is, you know, when in doubt, run power, when in doubt, run double, uh run gap schemes, you know, play action passes. And that's that's some big time smash mouth stuff. I mean, it's worked for us. I mean I think I don't think you know I don't think it's just there's one way and that's it. I mean, there's a lot of people that are extremely innovative that have done great things in the NFL and in college and you, know, you can run spread in some point. I mean, we have a good solid mix of running a pro style offense, smash mouth football. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a quarterback keeper, you, you spread them out and you run the, you know, a zone option where Marks has the ability to give it, keep it, or even throw it, you know, three options in one play. Like we have so many tools that it's actually pretty, it's, I I, I don't know where to go. I they could go anywhere anywhere you could say exotic smash mouth you could go smash Mouth. you could go hybrid i think uh there's a
1: lot of ways to be successful in the nfl it's just a matter of having the guys to do it what was your first thought the the first time you ever saw derrick henry the first time ever he ever walked into your locker room (laughs) is that the biggest running back you've ever seen i think
3: so i think that's the tallest running back i've ever seen um i mean it's
1: funny you know we
3: OTS i think i saw a picture of uh our our rookie running back we just picked up and Derek and they're standing next to each other. And it's like, these guys don't even play the same position. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I remember uh, one of the coaches last year when he was a rookie was like, I remember him coming talking about Derek and they're like, I remember him coming out of high school and I thought he was going to switch to outside linebacker. Well, I mean, that makes sense because he's just as tall as Brian Arakko and about five pounds lighter, you know? And so it's, the guy is an extremely impressive human being. And so uh, the way he runs the ball is, Impressive, too, because he'll make guys miss over and over and over. And then finally, someone will get the Cajones to, to sit down and try to tackle him. And that's when Derek will just run him over. So the guys, a very impressive back. We got a lot of, lot of talent in that backfield. And I'm really excited for it this year.
0: Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to roll you out on one very tough question um, that I know a lot of people on Twitter were wondering. <clears throat> so it's, it's who do you hate more, okay? Your AFC South huh. rivals or Ohio State? Which is which one like boils oh, your blood more?
3: You know, I don't. When I was at Michigan, I really I drank the Kool Aid, as they say, and I really bought into you know hating Ohio State, hating Michigan State, and stuff like that. And I I still from time to time make my my bets with Jack or whatever because he went to Michigan State, and I was no Ohio State guys on our team. But you know, at one point in my life, I was really like you know hated Ohio State, hated Michigan State, and I, I left, and I kind of. Yeah, i'm from arizona so i didn't it wasn't you know embedded in me and uh i, I think it kind of is what it is and then we go to the afc south and i just you know, i just like all of them obviously but <laughs> to say that one boils my blood more than the other i feel like would be giving them too much credit you know and uh so i guess neither it, it's kind of it's hard to say because I when, I when i think about it, it's like well I want to play them all. Like, if I could play Ohio State again and put, you know, the winged helmet back on, I would go in a second. And I play in the AFC South every year. I play all, both teams twice, and I, I would play those games tomorrow if I could. But um, I don't want to give a team enough credit to say it. It really boils my blood. It really gets me going, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, you're a professional. Every game should get you going, right? So you don't Yeah.
3: Have... Well, I mean, that's that's why you play it, man. You play it. It doesn't matter who you're going against.
0: Yeah. So okay, I told you that was the last question. I got one more. What's your your Stanley <laughs> Cup prediction, man? Like, are, cause I'm a I'm a new convert to hockey, basically after coming to Nashville and seeing the fans. So what's your prediction? Like, are, are the Preds going to pull this thing
3: out? I think uh, it's either Preds in six or Preds in seven. And I, you know, man, that stupid game last night really pissed me off. Like, I don't know how hockey like calls work. But in football, if there's not enough evidence to overturn it and it's a little wishy-washy, you just stick with your call. And what the call was, it was a goal. And there was not near enough evidence to prove that his foot was up or not. I think his foot was down and the puck passed. I think that was a perfectly onside play. I think that should be 1-0. Then a five-on-three BS call makes it whatever, 1-1 or whatever. Then they they have a shoddy goal that our guy hits in. So I mean there's a lot of things that happened last night that that game should have easily been won by us. So I'm thinking present six or present seven. I I can't I can't stick to one.
0: I like it. Now I, I hope it turns out that way because um gosh we went and watched the game last night and we got some food and beers and like hockey is so exciting because there's there's no downtime. You know, it's not like baseball and, and even football, you know, there's some downtime but it's just it's constant excitement. So I'm looking forward to yeah, it, dude. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to your team this year. You've got, you know, Marcus coming back healthy. We, you've built up the offensive line. You you've, you know, now you got the skilled players. The defense is is young and improved, so it's going to be a fun year. And the AFC South is wide open. So there's, you know, no one's no one's running away with it. There's no New England down there, so you guys are are in a good <laughs> spot. And uh, dude, thank you for coming on. We know it's, you know, the middle of your you're kind of, you know, getting ramped up for the season. So thanks and good luck this year. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it.
3: Thanks for, thanks for having
1: me on. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Stick to Football. That was our guest of the week, Taylor Luan. He is an awesome, awesome dude. Uh, Matt, what do you think, man?
0: Uh, yeah, I, now I want to go to Nashville and you know drink beers and watch. I a, still got to
1: go. Oh it my god, seems we so awesome.
0: We will make a, a stick to football uh, field trip happen. Dude, we're go. doing
1: a tour this summer, the stick to football tour. Get the bus. I
0: was trying to buy a bus, man. We found one. We were ready to go. I'm, um, I'm down. I'm down for that too um i'm also down to give you god that was a that was the worst segue ever i'm sorry i'm better than that (laughs) you
1: should have stick with roll with it oh my keep it moving
0: uh so anyway we're gonna do our scouts quote of the week something we we brought to you a couple weeks ago we actually forgot about it and then we were like oh man we uh we need to do this so call us out if you see us forgetting stuff because it will happen uh so the the idea here is to give you one quote a week when we talk to scouts uh out there in the, the the world and give you a little bit of a peek into what people are thinking, whether it's about this year's class or next year. So mine uh, is about Cortland Sutton, a player I'm actually writing up for a a preview um, coming out Thursday morning. And the the quote from the scout was that he is better than my boy Alshon was at South Carolina and has a cleaner prospect on and off the field. And for those people who maybe don't remember – when Alshon Jeffrey came out of South Carolina, I loved him. Uh, he was a top 10 player in that draft class for me. He's had some ups and downs in his career right now, but when you look at Cort- Cortland Sutton, listed at 6'4", 215, he's a big boy you know, playing at, at SMU, and the head coach there, um, Chad Morris, has a great history from his time at Clemson of developing NFL receivers. So I'm excited to see where the where the next year takes this kid because the, even though he's a redshirt junior, this will be his fourth year in college. So I would expect him to jump after this season.
1: Yeah, and he hasn't had any help from his quarterbacks at all so far. When you look at the quarterbacks he's played with, and you know, I remember doing the draft show months back when we didn't know who would declare, who wouldn't, and I had asked you, Matt, you know, who's one guy at receiver that is really just a difference maker on his own right? And you were like the best go up and get a guy that no one's talking about is Cortland Sutton. He didn't end up declaring this was months before, you know, players had to declare, but I think he's in for, even if he's not in for a really big year on the field, because of the program limitations, he's just going to blow up the app, you know, the draft process. Now, my quote from this week is about a guy that is probably going to tear up the field and tear up the draft process. And I was told Pencil in Saquon Barkley as the number one running back, RB1. It's a simple—and listen, people are going to love guys. You know, people are going to lo- love a lot of different players. Obviously, Nick Chubb, Royce Freeman, both returning to school. But when you look at what Barkley can do, and, I, you know, I've seen people talking about just home run hitting ability. He can make a bad offensive line look okay. He can do things—his speed on the outside. What did Penn State time him as this spring? It's like a four three two. That was the rumor. I <laughs> they posted video, but it's so hard to tell yeah. what's real and what's not. He's probably a four three five to four four, you know, kind of guy, which is insane with his, his vision. So I mean, it's just crazy to hear over summer. Well, it's May. It's not. I mean, almost summer. Penciling in a guy as the top running back already, no questions asked.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you know, that happened last year with Fournette and it, it did held true, even though there were a lot of people on Twitter and things like that who were kind of naysayers. And, you know, elite talent isn't hard to recognize. And, you know, that's one of the another quote I've heard from a scout over the past few years is that, you know, like we don't have to argue about the elite players. They're just elite. And I, I think Saquon Barkley definitely fits into that mold as being an elite player.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting because it's almost like how much does a guy like him have left to prove? At this point, he can kind of sit out the, and he's not going to sit out the year. We're not getting into that whole talk. Uh, God, I could really get us down the whole rabbit hole of that. But he's the type of guy where if he sat out the year, he's probably still going in the top ten picks of the draft next year.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and you're going to have to talk for a second while I I mosey over to the beer fridge because it's uh, it's time for draft on draft. And the awesome people at Line and Kugel sent two cases of beer and it showed up this morning. And I'm super excited. Hey, never mind. This is what Melo's here for. He's going to hit the beer fridge.
1: He's going to go get it so you can keep yes. talking.
0: And there are beer fridges in like every place we've ever recorded this podcast, which is uh, it makes it so great. But we have we got great questions from you guys this week. We for do draft on draft, and uh, there we go. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to have an orange shandy. Uh, Melo's got
1: a summer shandy, and uh, so, yeah, we're going to pop some tops and we're going to talk some draft on draft. I am so excited to get to my apartment tonight. I'm going to be like a little kid on Christmas if that line of Google's box is just sitting there with 24 beers. Now, I'm not going to drink all 24 of them. I have work tomorrow. I'm an adult, everyone. Relax. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's going to be pretty awesome. Wait, before we do draft on draft, you know, because this is something we asked Taylor, our baseball fight strategy, Bryce Harper charging the mound, understandably, I don't blame him. I would have too. Now... My, I'm always kicking the catcher every time because now Buster Buster Posey's the worst kind of teammate in the world for just standing there. He did nothing. 99 out of 100 times the catcher is going to catch up to you and tackle you before you get to the pitcher. I'm kicking him. I'm not throwing the helmet at the pitcher because that's going to increase the suspension. I don't know what Harper was doing there, but I know I'm kicking the catcher every time.
0: I'm actually watching right now on YouTube – some dude named Izzy Alcantara.
1: Yes, Izzy Alcantara. He's the legend for doing that. Yeah. Dude, he landed a good one. The catcher was still kneeling. I'm karate kicking
0: the catcher. Here's my thing. How far can I take the bat? Like... Oh, man. Or does the bat get... Not very enough? far. You Maybe a like lot of trouble
2: being for over that. the top. I think the bat gets you an assault charge, not a suspension. It does.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's happened before. But you've got to throw the, the helmet
2: a lot better than Harper did.
0: Like, I know you're not a pitcher, but we talked about this at lunch. I'm throwing the helmet as a distraction, and then I'm throwing fists, like right out of the way. Wait, Matt, I thought you were keeping the helmet on. I I know I tweeted that last night because it gives me an advantage because who went like you punch a helmet, that hurts. Now I'm thinking like the, the art of distraction is maybe where I go with that.
1: Yeah, I might throw it as high as I can in the air. Ooh. So like he looks up and then done. Just sock him right in the face.
2: I don't want to have to deal with the catcher. So what I'm doing, I'm pretending like I'm going to first. Like, no big deal. You drilled me. Oh, it's a hot move. I'm going to get a couple steps in, and then I'm just dead sprint. Right to the mound. Spear. A Goldberg spear on the mound. Like the old Mike Piazza, like
1: start walking to first. that would be awesome. I like that. I'm good.
2: No, I'm not. Here I come.
1: (laughs) That is. All right. Well... (laughs) I love that talk. So that'll bring us right into Draft on Draft, where we have so many good non-football questions. You know, Matt really went out there and said, do not send football questions. I'll favorite the non-football ones. this week. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty awesome. So I'll kick this one off. This one's from Sean Martin at Shore Sports NJ, New Jersey. New Jersey Shore. Is that what I'm thinking there? It's a Cowboys fan, though, so they're always everywhere. If Draft Twitter had a mascot, what would it be? It, uh, It would be a parrot. That's what it would be. Oh. So yeah. that's pretty simple because or a it's just talky.
2: So
0: <laughs> oh,
1: no. oh,
0: asses. Um <laughs> Parrot's a good one. I'm so mean spirited. God, I don't know what's wrong
1: with me. No, it's it's terrible. You could it is what it is.
2: Uh,
0: Mel, you
1: wanna get
2: in on this? Yeah, I got a good one for you. I'm gonna go elephant. They have a great memory. They're gonna call you out <laughs> for oh the shit God. that you missed on. Plus, most of them, how many of them are just huge fat asses sitting on their couch? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to bring up something you did 10 years ago. I don't even do this for a living. This is just the stuff I read.
1: (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Um... (laughs) The next one from our very good friend, Jared Brown, at Jared Brown underscore. Ideal sports watching position, standing, sitting with lean, feet up on coffee table. For me, this is really situational. Like if I don't give a shit about the game that's on, I will lay f- all the way out on the couch and just be like buried in my phone half in the game. If it's like the Mets in extra innings or the Mets against the Royals in the World Series overthrowing home plate and doing awful things like that or the Rangers in the playoffs and just blowing two goal leads with three minutes left, I'll be pacing back and forth. Or And standing the whole time, definitely.
0: I think it, it's situational for me. I'm And I think we both grew up this way. I'm very superstitious. Like if, if Texas and Notre Dame are playing and you know, Texas is winning and um, everyone has to stay in the same seat. But then if, if they start to lose, everybody has to change seats. And like you stay in the seat that works. Like you know, this year, Texas Notre Dame, I remember telling my girlfriend, like you can't move from that seat. Because they're winning, and I'm gonna lose my shit if they if this game turns around. So, and for like the, the World Series, uh, we didn't watch um, every game together. So it would be like, you know, you have like a text chain going, and like you know, you stopped texting during
2: like what was a game five and didn't come back right. until they won. And so I'm a sitter though; I can't stand for that long. So I'm different. I'm, go back to that World Series. I'm standing the whole time. But like you said, superstition. Okay. If we got a text chain going. And then the Royals make a comeback and I gotta change it up. I'll go silent. <laughs> I mean, true. I'm gonna keep it going. I'm gonna rally with my <laughs> team, but I'm definitely standing. Um yelling at the TV. I'm doing all
1: that. All right. This next one from G H, he's been awesome supporting the podcast at Hulk Smash Theory. What is the worst part about you and, Con- you and Connor Rogers' jobs? People only see the highlights and benefits, never the downside. That's a great question because I feel like people, are, especially in the Facebook live chats, are like, how do I get this job? How do-? You only see the finished product. And listen, I love my job, and we're really lucky to be in the spot we're in. But it, on camera, it's all glossy. It's the finished thing that you work a million, million hours for. The worst part, I would say for me, as we get – about a month out of the draft it's like super high anxiety of getting everything done because so much has to get done and you always think you're on a good pace and also there's just a lot of crappy people that like you spend like 8 hours writing something and they're just like this is trash or this is why yeah. you're wrong or and it's like man you didn't even read it or you didn't even watch it or you didn't even try to have a conversation you're just being an asshole and i mean you got to deal with some of the worst people of all time in your mentions when you cover the draft.
0: Yeah, and that's actually what I was going to say. And, um, you know, I don't mind the travel so much anymore. I don't mind the deadlines. Like, I kind of, like, thrive under the pressure uh, of that. For me, the hardest part is, like you said, like, you know, you work for nine months studying the draft, and then you have, you know, you post an article out there, and somebody's like, why do you hate my team? Or do you even watch football? Or you know, or they get personal. That's actually the hardest part is just dealing with the angry general public. And obviously some people are just trolls on Twitter and they're going to be upset no matter what, but it's the people who, the hard part is when you get like a hundred mentions that day, all saying the same thing. And you just want to like, you know, slap people. That's probably the hardest part or the, the worst part. But like Connor said, like, I mean, we're getting paid to talk about football, to watch football. It's hard to be upset about that, but there are definitely, like, you know, the, when you start to deal with a big amount of people, that, that gets harder.
2: How? What about social media stuff? How much does that affect you guys? I mean, every piece of news that broke this weekend, I read about it on Twitter. You guys got to keep up your social media game. How much does that suck?
1: That's actually the – probably the – it's good that you brought that up, Melo, because that's probably the biggest point that – and I should have made it and I forgot about it – The hardest part of my job is detaching myself from my job when I need to. Like Matt can tell you this. I went to Costa Rica this year for New Year's. I mean, not just like Costa Rica, like in the city of somewhere or anywhere like Liberia or San Jose. Like I was in like the jungle where you can get like crappy Wi-Fi like once in a while. And I was gone for like eight or nine days. And it's so hard to just be like, don't check email. Don't check internet. Don't follow football like missing an NFL Sunday and a college like bowl like some bowl season it's mentally so hard to process that
0: yeah and I mean you're with me most of the time anymore and so it is hard to detach you know like we're going on vacation in a week and I was just talking about should I take my laptop you know and it's summer like it's not even a football season and you know so the way that I try to detach is I try to get out of the country um, or like you know later this summer I'm going on a cruise to Alaska and like, I'm going to turn my phone off the whole time, but that is the hardest part. And I I think it's harder too, for, you know, like you get in a relationship, it's harder to, you know, like explain to somebody like, why am I on my phone all the time? Like, I'm not just like scrolling through Instagram. I'm working, even though we're at the movies or whatever, that's, that is a difficult part of the life. But, you know, we had Adam Schefter on last week, like, you know, that dude, (laughs) that that dude, you know, lives it 24-7, 24/7. So we're not to that network. level. You could
1: tell when you ask him the question; it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. So draft on draft, a little shorter this week. One thing that I promised I would do, though, is I want to shout out our guy Shane Richardson. Uh, I posted on Twitter last week. You know, we we're trying to, to help raise money for Kaya uh, and her family, um, and we're still doing that. You can find the link on Twitter, but we were trying to get over ten grand. And I tweeted that, hey, if somebody gets us over that ten grand mark. We'll we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. So Shane Richardson and everyone else, um, you know, Brett Favre is involved in this thing now. So um, super grateful for everyone's help and spreading the word or donating uh, to help Kaya out. And and they're posting updates that we'll retweet uh, from the Stick to Football account from both of our accounts. So um, thank you all for helping them out. And you know, I guess perfect time to roll into really quickly something we want to do now is. You know, we're launching the Stick to Football Teachers Fund. We're going to try to raise money um, monthly for teachers in low-income and high-risk areas. We tweeted that link out yesterday uh, from the pod account, from both our accounts. So if that's something you would like to help with, every little bit helps. Like, the money we raise for Kyo is mostly $5 donations, guys. So every little bit helps. If you're not in a position to help financially, you can help by retweeting. Just help us spread the word. Um, as we try to, you know, give back to those people who've been so impactful in in each of our lives.
1: Yeah, it's I'm so happy we're doing this. It's it's called guys. It's called the Stick to Football Teachers Fund. It's on GoFundMe. We'll be tweeting it out. You'll be sick of seeing it probably in no time. But anything you could do, how a dollar here. I mean, think about school supplies. What you can get with it, you know five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars. I don't think people realize how hard it is out there for teachers and mellow could speak to this like you know one of my friends teaches in the bronx he's a phys ed teacher they have gym class in the cafeteria because they don't have a gym like he walks the kids home from school they don't have anything like so anything you can give helps so much and i can't wait to get this thing going and see what it evolves to
2: yeah this is great what you guys are doing um as a teacher myself you know, school supplies, having those kids that show up to your class and they don't have anything, that's tough. Or going to the store, like if I find a really cool lesson I want to teach online, I have to go to the store and I have to buy all that stuff. It comes out of my pocket, and it gets expensive. Uh, one of the science projects we did at the end of the year here, it cost me over $100 just for that one lesson, but it's something that I really wanted to do, so it's something that we did. And that money comes from somewhere, and we don't have a whole lot in the education system anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean... it. I just, like I said, I can't wait to see what this evolves to because even if we can only help out one classroom this summer, or we help out two classrooms, just spreading awareness and getting this thing going and hopefully, you know, Matt, like we said, hopefully this turns into a monthly campaign if people can really get behind it with us.
0: Yeah, that's the goal and, you know, you guys have been great at, you know, anytime I, I retweet a GoFundMe, I can just watch the numbers pile up because of you guys who who listen and who follow on Twitter, so um, really, really uh, appreciate everyone. And, and again, we went into the, end the podcast this week on kind of a, a cool note and, and announced something that we're trying to do to help people out. So, you know, if you're like us and you kind of have that, like, you know, that drive to help people, this is a great way to do it. Um, and, and if, you know, anything you could do to help, we're going to appreciate it. We're going to, we're going to shout out our people who support. So thank you again. And Hey, like, this is a great show this week. It was a little quicker. Um, had a ton of fun with Taylor Luan, um, have to say special thanks to our, our guest host, co-host this week, Marshall. And we're going to bring him back as we you know, start to dive into 2018. We've already been breaking our quarterbacks together. We've already been arguing about quarterbacks together. So we're going to keep ramping this thing up as we got it's 100 days to football, guys. Like It's, it's close. That's it's right. almost there. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you in a week.